Hey guys, and welcome to the Alabama Freshwater Fishing Report, presented by Great Days Outdoors Magazine. The first podcast to bring you the local fishing report for Alabama's lakes and rivers, whether it's good, bad, or ugly. I'm your host, Nick Williams, and this week's show is brought to you by Great Days Outdoors Magazine. Are you frustrated by your typical hunting and fishing magazines? Are you tired of reading content meant for guys up north or in the Midwest? Don't get left behind following the guidance of guys who don't hunt and fish in your home state. Pick up a Great Days Outdoors magazine subscription and become a better southern outdoorsman. Great Days Outdoors magazine can be found at your local Books A Million, Tractor Supply Company, Rural King, or you can save and buy online at greatdaysoutdoors.com. Alrighty, guys, welcome back to another week's episode of the Alabama Freshwater Fishing Report. We're checking in today. First up, we got Jason Whitehead up on the Tennessee River. Jason, I think you said you was on a Neely Henley today, right? Yeah, took a uh, little trip down here in Neely Henley. We got a winter series, uh, MMA winter series tournament here Saturday. So take a day off of Gunnersville, ride down here and kind of see the scenery, so to say, practice for a little bit and come back down on Saturday. There we go. Well, what I think it's been probably close to a month since I talked with you. How's the Tennessee River system looking right now? It's getting better every day. We've been doing a lot of crappie fishing recently. They're starting to starting to school up and group up, and we've had uh, quite a few clients the last week or so with, with multiple. So it's, it's getting really good. Um, bass is kind of still hit and miss. It just it hadn't quite hit that winter pattern yet because it just hasn't got cold enough. So they're still in between that kind of fall transition some of them you can catch like wintertime jerk baits and a rigs and stuff but they're just kind of all over the place right now it's a it's a pick your poison you can catch some on a frog still or you can catch some in 20 and 30 foot of water sure but going into the next couple of weeks as they start to kind of move out of that fall transition period and into the winter pattern what's mm-hmm. that going to look like they'll get out a little bit further just for stability Temperature, I don't think it affects the fish as much on Gunnersville as the water fluctuation. So with the rain that's predicted the next couple of weeks, you have to keep an eye on that water level. So if you're on some fish and you're in six to eight foot of water and they're predicting rain, TVA typically drops the lake. Well, if they drop the lake, those fish are really going to either hunker down on the grass or they're going to pull out just to the edges. So biggest tip is going to be with the rain coming in and what's forecasted keep an eye on those water levels now the deeper fish if you're on um, some offshore shell beds uh, that type stuff or river channels those fish that are chasing balls of bait they're not as affected by the water dropping as much as the shallow fish are i got you i understand what are the water conditions looking at right now i know that for most of the state all the waterways have been really clear this summer is that rain that we've had the past few days is that changing the water any not really not really the the amount of grass that's on gunnersville you know it works as a good filtration system so any even with the rain there's a couple creeks that have stained up but for the most part it's going to stay fairly clear now the further you go up the lake Goose Pond, B.B. Comer, Scottsboro, the further you go up, the clearer the water gets just because there's more grass and more of that gets filtered through it. Sure. I got to ask, since we got here in the next couple of weeks, we got duck season coming up. Uh, y'all starting to see any birds migrate in? A few from time to time. I'm not a duck hunter myself. I've seen quite a few guys in boats and stuff, not hunting, but just kind of preparing for it, um, getting out, setting up some blinds, doing some work to the uh, to the shoreline in certain areas and just kind of getting everything ready to go. Um sure. Like I said, I'm I'm not a duck hunter, so I I couldn't tell you the difference in one and another. But I have seen quite a few guys that are getting ready for it. For sure, I know down here if you're fishing on the causeway, it always seems like uh, 
there that week or two before season, all of a sudden you got a bunch of little islands that weren't there the week before. So uh that's talk, it. Yep, that's talk, right. There we go. Talk talk to me a little bit more about the uh that crappie bite that you were mentioning earlier. The crappie bite, man, it it is it has been a blast. So they were kind of fall, they do like the bass. They get up, they kinda of roam around, they scatter out a little bit, they get on the bait fish, the smaller bait, stuff like that, and they're they're actively feeding as well, much like the bass are. When the water temperature gets down below 60 degrees, especially low 50s, those fish leave from the grass and shallow, and they start grouping up together. Um, so offshores where we've been fo- focusing 10 to about 12 foot, throwing jigs, casting them out, bringing them over, you know, brush piles and uh, and stumps kind of on the edges of the creek channels. And we'll find them. We'll scan around, look for them, because they will roam overnight just because it hasn't gotten that cold yet. They may go, you know, 100 yards up the creek, but they're big schools, you know, anywhere from 50 to 100 fish per school. Wow. Yeah, that sounds like a really good time. What uh, what are y'all oh, catching them all once you got them located? So demolition baits makes two different. They got a regular minnow, um, which is a two-inch minnow. It's kind of a, a flatter tail, a little bit more subtle approach. And then they have what's called a thump minnow. So it actually has like a ball on the end of the tail, kind of like a, not a swim bait, but it gives a lot more darting action and the tail pulses a lot more. So typically, depending on the fish's mood, of course, we have lots of we can see it. If they're really aggressive, we'll go to that thump minnow, go to like eight ounce heads instead of a 16th or 32nd. Go to an eight ounce head and really trigger them a more aggressive bite, more of a reaction bite. Throw them, let them sink down and pull it right over their head and they typically react a little bit better. If they do want to get a little finicky, that's when we go to that um, standard minnow in like a 16th ounce, throw it out, kind of let it let it hover, just kind of hover over their head, and they typically just come right up and get it. I got you. What are you throwing those jigs on? What rod and reel and line combination are you using this time of the year? Yeah, I have uh, fortunately to have MMA uh, rods, MMA fishing as a sponsor, so that's the rods that I use. Um, I got a seven-foot medium light, um, and then we have a new crappie rod that's coming out. It should be out within the next month or two, but it's a uh, seven-foot medium light, Deanna, Shimano, um, 500 or 1,000 series reels. Um, I'm a firm believer in braid, Um, so I run a five-pound braid, and then if it gets water gets super clear and they're just not – normally we can catch them on straight braid with no problem because it is a smaller diameter, smaller size. If they do, those water gets really clear, and we will go to like a fluorocarbon leader, you know, a four pound, six pound test leader. But yeah, it's a it's an awesome rod. It's super sensitive, ultra lightweight, and it's got enough enough bend in it where you can make a really long cast. That's why I use a seven foot. Now we don't. I personally, I don't troll or don't spider rig or anything like that. Just due to the grass, I would love to. I think you can absolutely hammer them on Gunnersville, but. You could spend an hour going through a few, you know, some of that floating eelgrass came by the boat. You'd spend an hour trying to clean up a mess. So we typically will get uh, cast and reel while we're out on all the trips. For sure. What you talk about, you know, usually fishing with braid or, or sometimes switching to fluorocarbon. I know down here on the Delta where I'm at, it's always the water clarity is such that I think most guys that I know down here are just fishing braid for the, the extra sensitivity. But switching from, from braid to fluorocarbon, tying on a leader and stuff like that, do you have any particular knots that you really prefer? Do you change your knots any well, going from braid to fluorocarbon? Yeah, what we'll do, um, crappie fishing, is we'll actually tie a swivel um, on from the braid to the fluorocarbon. 
um, instead of tying the knot. Now, what that does on, on live scope is allows you to see the swivel and the jig head itself. So you have two items, like basically two objects to pick up instead of trying to pick up one. So that really makes a big difference on the on the live scope. We also got a new uh, got a new crappie jig head coming out. That's going to be it's going to be great for for forward facing. Like it really really pops better than your normal wet heads. And that should be out in about another month or so. Is that is that going to be one of those new? I think I talked with somebody else who had something like that. Is that going to be one of the new like the tungsten heads? I think I've heard those show up yep. better on live scope. Yep. Okay. This one's going to be a tungsten head. It's a little flattened off on the front. Um, so it, with the tungsten being harder than a lead, it really, I mean, it, it really pops. Like I'm, I'll probably do a video and post it to my Facebook page next week of just showing the differences in the two, but it makes it, makes it really, really pop that tungsten does. Yeah, that's, that's interesting to see that come along. I know that uh, t- tungsten is getting more and more in demand with sports. When I know tungsten shot is all the rage for turkey hunters, I've seen that trickle over into the waterfowling world. And uh, I know I know doing some little finesse creek fishing up in here years ago, I started messing around with, with some tungsten shot and worm weights and stuff like that. And uh, I can I can definitely see having used it, having, having reloaded some rounds with it and having fished with it a little bit, I can see how it would show up really, really clean on a sonar unit. So that's interesting to see that become more widespread. Yes, sir. And uh, it tungsten's a lot. I don't wouldn't say it's all the way affordable, but it's definitely more affordable than it used to be. You know, it's a lot more available now. And there's some companies out there that are, that are able to, uh, to work and, and get the pricing down some of you remember when tungsten first come out now it's still high if you're you know buying half ounce or three quarter or one ounce but it's definitely cheaper than one uh, a couple of years back it, it's definitely done a lot better job coming down in the fishing world uh, than it has in in turkey loads because i know tss is still i think last time i looked at it you were looking at 50 60 dollars for a box of five shells so <laughs> oh yeah hey but you know I, I tell people all the time it's really not that bad of a deal because i bought a box four years ago and uh i've, I've still got all but one shell in it so work that's it i might have a lifetime yes, supply of turkey loads with my luck so. there you go <laughs> Well, Jason, if uh, if people wanted to catch that video when you drop it on your Facebook page or if people want to reach out to you and book a trip, what's a good way to get a hold of you? Uh, Facebook's where I do the majority uh, advertising, posting. Um, it is Alabama Elite Fishing Guide. You can look it up there. Uh, the other one is my website, which is abbreviation for Alabama. It's ALElitefishingguide.com. And then they can see uh, see everything else on there. Uh, mostly going to be on on Facebook. Same thing for Instagram. It's uh, Alabama Elite Fishing Guide. There we go. Well, guys, y'all definitely go ahead and check out Jason if y'all want to get up there on Lake Gunnersville on the Tennessee system and y'all want to get after some crappie or some bass. Jason is your guy. Jason, as always, I appreciate having you on the show, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you very much. Good luck, guys. All right, guys, we're going to take a quick break and then we'll be back with Stephen Rockarts to check out, see what's happening on the Cahaba River. This week's episode of the Alabama Freshwater Fishing Report has been brought to you by Fish Bites. Whether you're hitting the sand with set rigs, using traditional scent strips for pompano, or fishing the flats and marshes for speckled trout, redfish, and flounder, Fish Bites has something for you. Family owned and operated in St. Augustine, Florida, they pride themselves on making reliably consistent fishing products for anglers of all ages all around the world. Fish Bites baits and lures are made with pride in the Sunshine State here in USA. Check out the full line of scented saltwater and freshwater baits at fishbites.com. Also brought to you by Killer Doc. I hadn't even realized how bad it was. 
I was cleaning fish on rotten wood, and after cleaning just a few fish, I was filthy, and I had a sudden burn. I tried wearing a hat, but it just couldn't keep me cool. And how was I supposed to clean fish without getting messy? Killer Dock brings the upgrade that not only will keep you cool and clean, it'll make being on your dock more enjoyable. Killer Dock combines durability, function, and design to uniquely upgrade your entire dock experience. Visit KillerDock.com to check out the greatest fish cleaning stations known to mankind. All righty, guys, we're back. This time we got Stephen Rockarts over on the Cobb River. Stephen, how you doing today, sir? Man, I'm doing pretty good. You know, uh, running the normal family stuff around, but other than that, I'm doing well. How are you? Uh, man, I, I, well, I know we're both sitting here telling each other that we're doing well, but I, I know you just told me all fair that you were having a little bit of a, a <laughs> little family Little one of them little family emergencies today, and uh, man, I'll go ahead. I'll, I'll tell you real quick. I'll bore the listeners just for a second. So I actually, after I got done doing the last guest on this show, uh, I grabbed lunch and went upstairs. My wife said, "Hey, is that a is that spot on the roof always been there?" And I got to looking up at the ceiling. I said, "You know, I don't think it has been." So I had to crawl up in the attic, and I got a little roof leak. I got to get took care of. So it's not all sunshine and uh, butterflies and fly fishing trips. Sometimes you actually have to do real people stuff, even if you got a cool job, right? <laughs> that's right man you got to be a parent you got to be a father you got to you got to be everything so it's just you got to figure out the time and enjoy it when you're on the water (laughs) well well tell me i know man we've had for like the past three straight days i don't think it stopped raining uh is that happening with you guys up there y'all getting any of this cold wet rain we are so it's interesting we're not getting any heavy rains we're getting kind of a misting or slow falling rain and it has i guess stopped the the lowering of the water levels in all the creeks, but it hasn't really created any increase in turbidity or any rise, maybe like, I mean, maybe an inch or two in rise, which is not very much at all. But I'm excited to see uh, what we'll get tomorrow up here in Tuscaloosa and the Birmingham and Jefferson County kind of area. I'm hoping we get a little bit more rain. Um, I do think the fish are going to be a little more active. I've got I've got one more trip uh, to finish out the, the fall season this weekend and uh i'm hoping the fish are going to be turned on I, I really think there's a solid chance for some good quality fish well, well tell me you're saying that you hope that you get some rain what are, what are you hoping that the rain's going to do to that fishery up there well if it'll increase the turbidity and uh, create a little bit of slough coming off the banks even if it'll wash some stuff off the banks i like to think that fish get excited especially in creeks um anytime it rains feeder creeks start pushing water back into the river system um, the oxygenation, all the oxygen, you know, improves. The fish come a little bit more lively. They're already acclimated to the temperature of the water, so I'm not concerned about any shutdown from temperature, but we'll get a little bit more oxygenation in the water. They will then, in turn, start looking for food a little bit more. Um, and then these bait fish that have been trying to kind of set themselves up at these creek mouths will finally start to go into those creek mouths a little bit more because everything else has been pretty dry. They've been staying in the main body of the river, but um, for some reason the fish just have not been chasing the bait fish at all. So I'm wondering if everything's just waiting for an increase in water flow like it usually does this time of year. We're just a few weeks delayed. Um, but once that happens, I, I think I think the rivers are going to come back alive, which is it, it's got me pretty excited. So especially considering I'll have a little bit of time to fish myself in the next month or two so this is this is my favorite time of the year to fish personally there we go how's the uh last time i was up in north alabama we were before the fall color kind of happened what's what's that looking like up there on those little waterways because i know it's real pretty in the fall on the cahaba and the coosa and 
all those rivers up there are y'all kind of over y'all's fall colors now we're just here on the gulf coast we're just starting to get a little bit of color uh we get usually about a week of it and we get a little bit of just a flash and then it goes to gray it seems it goes from green to gray yeah that's um this year's been a little different you know with the lack of rains we've had a little bit of yellows and reds here and there but uh, the reality of it is, is a little drab this year. The, the true coloration or change in colors um, didn't happen as, I guess, as well as it usually does. Um, and I think that's due to the, I guess, the drought we were in. So the colors just kind of turned real fast and then the leaves are falling off. So we only have about 50% of the leaves left on the trees. And some of the leaves that are falling off are just green or they're, they're completely brown. So not a lot of color, but still a little bit of color. But the weather's been nice with the exception of no rain but no not as much of a fall as you traditionally have oh that's no fun at all i know uh yeah i, I think you're probably <laughs> right pinning it on the drought because i know down here i kind of i've switched over into to bow hunting for deer and uh it, I'm, I'm a big big believer in finding the acorns and it just seems this year i've done a lot of walking i did eight miles last weekend in one day and uh wow. never did find a good acorn tree i mean there's acorns on the ground but they're just not like it usually is. I, th- I think I think the drought kind of hurt the acorn crop. I can see it hurting the fall color a little bit, and it's definitely been a topic of discussion with some of the other guests that we've talked to over the summer, uh, talking about the fishing conditions. Tell me, so I, I'm going to be this weekend, I'm going to be up, up hunting up at a deer camp on the Alabama River, and I've gotten pretty good. We just did some articles on cold weather clothing for deer hunting, and I've gotten pretty good over the right. years of staying warm deer hunting. This is going to be my first winter fly fishing. I haven't made up my mind. I'm really thinking about taking a fly rod up to camp this weekend. What does it look like on a day like today? As the temperature starts to drop, you get them gray, dreary days. If you're in that raft or if you're wade fishing the river, what are you doing to stay warm out there? So I keep it kind of simple. Um, I kind of just bring it back to those normal layer up days. And I just put on, you know, a couple base layers. Usually it's something that allows freedom of movement so i try to use lightweight poly, um, like plastic type material shirts quick drying shirts etc and then after that i put on like a bottom john base layer and then i'll put on a couple more layers that will allow you to freely move and then i'll put a light jacket on and then i'll put a heavy jacket in my backpack if i need it and um, if i'm waiting i'll obviously throw some waders on uh, if i'm just in the if i'm just in the boat half the time i'll just wear my my mud boots or i'll put on some hiking boots or just put on some big old socks and throw my Crocs on. I try not to get too fancy and bring an extra pair of socks in case my feet get wet. But um, usually I just make sure I have movement. Quality of movement uh, is the most important thing because you get your whole body involved whenever you're casting that fly rod. Open your arms up, make sure you have good shoulder movement. But yeah, just lightweight clothes that breathe well and just keep layering them on until you feel nice and cozy. That's what I do. I don't, I don't get too fancy. Man, I, I tell you what. Speaking of not getting too fancy, I can tell you're definitely like me. You're uh, you're not just married; you're happily married if you're out there in Crocs and socks. And if you're going to admit that in public, <laughs> that's what you wear. <laughs> I got in trouble. I got in trouble the other day. I I posted a picture up with some Crocs. I was so excited about them. This fellow said, "I hope you don't go to the grocery store out to eat with them." I said, "You know what? I think I might do that tonight." So I slipped them on and sent him a picture. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, especially if you're going out to eat, I mean, they stay under the table. Nobody knows what your shoes look like if you're sitting at a restaurant booth. Hey, they're cozy, man. They're, they're, <laughs> they're, uh, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. They're cozy. I'll, 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 uh, I'll throw down now. I'll make hey, some hey, crocs. Hey, they, they let the water in, but they also let it back out. And down here, I know, uh, wade fishing, that, that's kind of the name of the game. So, not, uh, like you yeah, said, no, hey. no reason to complicate it. 
You're right, and I wish, and I know we're changing subjects here, but I wish Croc would come up with a felt-bottom Croc because my <laughs> Croc outlived, I'm telling you, they outlived my um, my Chacos that had a little bit of felt on the bottom and had, like, you know, superior straps on them and everything. Well, fun fact, the material couldn't hold the straps, and those things failed in, like, a quarter of a season and uh, just fell completely fell apart. And then um, – you know that it's a chelos is what they have. That's that's their version of a croc it's called chelos. Yeah. And uh, my crocs, man, they outlived them. I wore all the tread off of them, and then finally, I tried to shove my foot in there while they were in four wheel drive, and um, right where everything was sewn or stitched together, the um, the foam part of it uh, just tore. And I was like, you gotta be kidding me! But hey, they got they lasted six more months than the um, than the uh, the chelos that uh, Chaco offers. So. I'm uh, I'm not down in Chaco. I still like their shoes. They have good shoes. But if you're going to get a, a water shoe like that, I mean, you might as well just, just go with Crocs. They're just better. I, I can imagine I that them. the American Podiatry Association would probably have a field day if uh, Crocs come out with a uh, felt bottom sole meant to wade fast moving rivers. <laughs> I like <laughs> I like it. That they'd, pro- they'd probably hey. they'd probably endorse that one. I think. So. Well, Stephen, hey, I know, I, uh, I know both of us. We kind of, you know, pressed for time right now, trying to sit here wrap up some family things. So I don't want to keep you too long. But before we go, if uh, uh, I know that you said that you were getting done with your last trip of the fall season, when do you pick back up in the spring? Right, good question. Um, typically in the in the fall, I do close out uh, towards the end of fall, and I'll do select um, winter fishing trips. But I typically don't. I may add two or three in the winter fishing trip just for people that really want to target really large bass and that are in it for the whole day because you know you can you can strike out in a second fishing for large bass um but if you get them you get them and that's how it was last year we had lots of good days but generally speaking i don't open back up until about mid-march um sometimes beginning of march just depends seasonally but um if anybody wants to reach out they can reach out on instagram at fly fishing alabama or they can reach out via the website www.flyfishingalabama i typically book out for the entire spring no, by the end of January, but I do have a couple more guides that are helping me this year. So we'll have opportunity for smallmouth bass in North Alabama. We'll have opportunity for red eye bass for mid to late spring, and then lots of opportunity for Alabama bass, aka spotted bass, especially in the early spring and um, just regular spring season. So, yeah, they can reach out either one of those ways, and I'd be happy to help them out. Or if I can't help them, I'll point them in the direction they should go. Well, there we go. Well, guys, if you want to give yourself a good Christmas present or if uh, if you know somebody, you want to give them a Christmas present, go ahead, book a trip with Stephen, get out there on the Cahaba River, catch some of them bass. Stephen, as always, I appreciate you coming on the show today, sir. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me, Nick. Y'all have a good day, okay? Absolutely. All righty, guys, let's take a quick break and hear from some of the sponsors that keep this show free for you. This week's episode of the Alabama Freshwater Fishing Report was brought to you by L&M Marine. Also brought to you by L&M Marine. L&M Marine has something for everyone, from small hunting boats to pontoon boats to bigger bay boat and offshore hybrids. L&M Marine LLC prides itself on its customer service and knows how important it is to be taken care of and to have someone you can trust. They are locally owned and regularly support the surrounding community. L&M Marine provides superior customer service and has an entire team that consists of professional sales members, finance experts, service technicians, and a knowledgeable parts and accessories staff to fully support you. Go visit their friendly, reliable, and experienced staff today. L&M Marine is located six miles north of I-10 at 34600 Highway 59 in Stapleton, Alabama. 
You can also reach them by phone at 251-937-1380. All righty, guys. Last but most definitely not least, we got Dip McMillan down here on the Mobile Tensaw Delta. Dip, how you doing this evening? Doing pretty good, Nick, buddy. How about you? Oh, man. I'm I'm eating this cold weather up, man. I'm ready to go deer hunting. What I'm talking about, man. I am... I say I'm not enjoying this rain. I'm ready for it to go now, but we definitely need this rain for sure. Yeah, I was, uh, man, I was, I was sitting there in the yard the other day, and I went to pour out a bucket of, of water, and the ground in my yard was so dry that it just ran off. It was like you'd poured it out onto asphalt. I mean, it just not a <laughs> drop of it soaked up into the ground. It's just, just so dry, man. It's baked like brick in my backyard. So. I agree, man. That's everywhere, buddy. But I think this. The last two days, I think we got a pretty good rain, especially down here in South, South Baldwin County. So I think we'll be we here for a while. We have, and it's been a steady soaking rain, too, at least where I'm at. It hasn't yeah. just gully washed, but it's just been a steady drizzle for two days, which is just what the doctor ordered. So yeah. how uh you think that rain's going to impact any of the fishing down here? You think it's going to change it for better or for worse or just kind of be more of the same? It's going to be probably more of the same. Um, the rain down here, the constant rain we've been getting don't affect our river stage. So now I was looking at it today um, on my lunch break. The river stage ain't going to change at all with, with this rain. So it ain't going to affect the bite at all, man. So no now, I, I want it to rise just a little because um, the the river level right now is low. I mean, it's, it's, it's tremendously low. So I want it to rise a little bit for sure. Yeah, I was I was talking with somebody the other uh, the other week talking about kayaking into some areas, and uh, we got talking about Bayou Jasmine. Man, I imagine you could probably walk into some of them places like that with nothing but a pair of hip boots. It's it's definitely dry. I was actually out uh, since I know you're familiar with the area. I did about eight miles on the upper delta last week, just kind of doing doing a little bit of scouting. And in eight miles, I, I can tell you that in all the years I've been hunting up here, I have never seen the delta that dry. All Everywhere that usually holds water, all them little ditches and stuff, and them little unmarked creeks that you see on that drive-in section, uh-huh. dry as a bone, man. I mean, there's hardly yep. a mud puddle out there. So, never seen it like that before. So it's a uh, yep. that's what def- I'm saying. We definitely yeah, need this rain. Definitely. Well, how's uh how's the bite so far? Is there are they starting to pick up with the water cooling off? Yeah, the um the water this past weekend, water water temperature around sixty six, sixty seven degrees and them fish was hungry man they were very very aggressive and they was um they finally coming off structure now and it's suspended water so we um that's when i like to talking with my spider rig man and it was on fire man it was a i guess these fish right now are feeding on shad so anything that i was using at the atx jig that looked like a shad they was knocking a fire out of it i took a guy sunday who that worked with me he want to go get on some, man, and I'm telling you, we we caught a few fish, 15 to 16 inches, and that's a big fish for the tensaw by far. That's a really big fish for the for the tensaw. I can I can definitely see them moving out there to, to feed on some of them shad in more open water because I was riding up uh I was riding in my boat the other day and uh man there was you could tell there was shad everywhere you know on my little boat you can actually you know you you can hear when you hit them on the hole and you can hear when you catch one and you prop. And uh, I could see them on sonar, and I went I went through mm-hmm. an area where it seemed for about a mile, it was just nothing but but shad jumping at the surface of the water. So I imagine that mm-hmm. there's just a feeding frenzy right now in some of those waterways. 
are you you talked about about spider rigging and, and catching fish suspended are you mainly on some of these bigger you know lakes here on the mobile tensaw delta are you up on the main river are you back in the creeks where do you usually go this time of the year well i definitely don't fish the main river this time of the year at all um i'm definitely in the lakes and on the side creeks that um the lakes that's inside the lake and um and these fishes in is in eight to 12 foot of water mostly the main target been eight to nine foot and all i do with spider rigging this time of the year nick i just zigzag zigzag back and forth in that in that depth all the way down and you're gonna pick them up um here and there in some spots better than others um like i said these fish are suspended so they're gonna be all over and i was using anything look like a um a shad so ats got a um a jig out called old smoky and I'm going to tell you, I made a firm believe out of the guy that worked with me. He bought a few packs that bought well bait and tackle because that old smoky bait with the split tail and the tube. You got one of them called the old smoky with the tube, like a flat tube bait. And it would just slap putting them in the live well, man. And, um, and also, I use a pink hook, too. And I think that pink hook plays a lot in it, too. I really do. Uh, I'm, a, I'm just a pink hook guy or a chartreuse guy with the number two sickle hook, so. I think that play a big role in it, too, the way I fish. I mean, everybody's different, but the way I fish, man, I'm telling you, it plays a big role in my setup. I, I'm curious to ask, I was talking with Jason Whitehead up on the Tennessee River earlier in the show, and he mentioned that they were coming out, uh, one of the companies that he was working for, they were coming out with some tungsten jig heads that showed up better on, on live scope. I know that you use live scope. Is that something that you've looked into, some of the new tungsten jig heads that they're coming out with? I haven't. And, and Nick, to be honest with you, I don't have live scope on my boy. Live scope is on my boat right now, but I don't have it plugged up because my update is gone. My buddy's supposed to be sending me a um a chip to put in there and, and do my update. Well, SIM card do my update, so I don't have live scope right now. I'm just going back to the old school way. What man? Everybody knows you can't catch fish unless you got live scope dip. Come on now. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. I, I love my old school way, man. Uh, that's why I say I'm not going to stay at the house because I got lots. I don't got lots, though. So I just <laughs> go back and, yeah, enjoy it the way I used to before I got all that technology. There we go. There we go. I still want to say at some point I've been keeping out on YouTube channel. I want to see you get out there when, uh, one of these days in your old uh, 12-foot John boat like you, you say that you used to go out there up on French Lake and stuff like that. And I want to see you get out there with just a cane pole and a bucket full of shiners and see what you can do. Yeah, that's the old school way. Yeah. <laughs> well, I gotta, no I gotta ask, I gotta ask too. So I was, uh, I was coming out the woods last night, and uh, I saw about eight raccoons. Uh, you've you been taking that that new dog out any? I haven't, man. Oh, the new dog, she's young. She's probably about eight, nine weeks old now. But my twenty-two, what twenty-three month old pup, I haven't took her out in a while now, man. She got, she's in heat, so. Man, so that just got me down right now, man. I'm and I want to go so bad, Nick. Oh man, it's eat me <laughs> up. Yeah, I've uh, I saw some the other day, and I I see them. I mean, you know, you run into them if you're up there deer hunting. You'd be driving out in the evening, and they'll be driving in. So it seems like uh, seems like with the swamp dry. I don't know. You tell me. I I guess with it dry, I guess it at least make it easier to hunt, wouldn't it? Does that does oh. that spread them out when it when it dries up? Do they spread out in the swamp more? Is it better to hunt them in high ground or low ground? I like to hunt them, that water low like it is now. Them coons is all on the banks. I mean, they're all on the banks eating at them because there's no ponds in the woods now. So they got to go to water. They got to be by water. So 
they all on the banks eating those clamshells and crawfish and stuff. So this time of the year, while it's water low, man, you can even strike a coon. Time you dock on the bank and let your dog go, um, he or she is on the coon. So it don't take them long at all to strike a coon this time of the year because, like I said, they're just feeding up along the banks. And the last time I've been up there, that what was happening, I mean, just thousands of coon tracks on them little mud flats. They're just trying to find water, too. Yeah, it's definitely, I think it's going to shape up. Uh, I, I'm excited. The past couple of times I've been up there, I've I've liked it. It's been easy to get to a lot of the stuff. I noticed that the hogs that I was finding anywhere where there was just a little bit of water still holding some of them old creek beds, there were still some hogs up in there making some wallas come up across some otters. And, and something else that I really noticed that I'm looking forward to this year is the wood ducks. Good deal. You know, they've got to be on those creeks. They can't spread out. All the Tupelo ponds are just, I mean, powder house dry. Uh-huh. So it's just really concentrating all them wood ducks. So I'm hoping that'll hold out for another week or two until we get our season going. I seen on Facebook too, I, I got to ask you, I seen, uh, looks like you've been, been doing some of your Dippy Outdoors youth hunts and putting some kids on some deer. How's that been going? Oh man, that's went, I mean, last weekend we had a blast, man, uh, I was able to take my little girl on um, Friday evening to my place in Thomasville, and we got on got on a lot of deer. But the one she wanted to shoot, um, he came out late, and he stood behind a tree like the like you stood behind that tree for five hours, Nick. And um, <laughs> and when he walked by, when he finally made a couple steps past the tree, it got too late, man. And um, she didn't want to take the shot. She's only nine years old, and she killed her first buck by herself at I want to say six. So she know how to shoot a gun. I mean, she's a natural. And I said, if you're not comfortable with it, I mean, we're not going to push the issue. So she didn't She didn't make the shot. And I said, okay, we'll come back. We got all year. So we left that hunt, came back down here on um, Baldwin County Saturday um, morning. And I took a guy out there to one of our awesome spots out there at Steelwoods, took a little boy and his dad. And, man, we saw over 40 deer, and he ended up shooting a big doe. That's awesome. That little girl, that's, uh, that's cool to hear to hear you say that that she held off on the shot that's that's something yeah, that I know a lot man. of grown men that could could use they could learn that this year so yeah it made me tickle man and she wanted she got the fire to go we went back saturday evening got on some more deer but seen a small three-point and a lot of those and she she got her mind she want to shoot that big buck so that's what we're going to do i guess there we go there we go well that's awesome and then uh I, I know too i saw a little bit i was scrolling through facebook and i saw uh it looks like you got you some new hats uh, in, in stock at some of the places that carry them. I see now, I know that uh, for a while you've been working with the guy over there at Delta Life Apparel, you know, doing some hats and the proceeds going towards Dippy Outdoors. But I, I was uh-huh. eyeballing that new Dippy Outdoors logo, man. It looks pretty sharp. Man, it looked awesome. And matter of fact, David is a guy that helped me with these hats. David is a tremendous sponsor for Dippy Outdoors kids. And he's just an awesome person. And, uh, and me and him have been talking to him, and that's who – told me to uh, pursue this right here and he helping me with all these hats and the um the patches and everything so i give all the credit to david at um delta life apparel and you know like these hats right here too they still support the kids um giveaways and um the kids crop tournament tremendously man and um all these giveaways man that's what the hats proceeds go to awesome awesome well, what, what would be, Dip, before we wrap up, I guess for this weekend, if you got somebody who's going to go out there and if they've decided they're going to set this, uh, the gun deer opener out, I know there's a lot of people who want to make the gun opener, and then there's equally as many people like myself who try to stay out of the woods on the opener just to keep their blood pressure down. So uh, 
I may go do a little bit of crappie fishing myself. What what would you recommend without getting into into you know too crazy details? Is is there a general location that you think may do good this weekend on the Delta? I'm a, I think I'm 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 debating too. I think I'm gonna be on the Delta this weekend. The bite is too Nick. I I got a place I can hunt all year long. So um, and it's no pressure. I'm me and another guy on one hunt. So I'm like you, man. I'm gonna be on the Delta this weekend chasing them crappies. You can lunch at Cliff Landing. You can lunch at um, Overleaf. That McAvoy River's on fire now. Um, Mac Reynolds, Dennis, Mifflin. I mean, even Hubbard's right now is on fire. I made lunch at Live Oak this weekend. Uh, all those areas on fire, but if you're going to fish, if it was me, I would target 8 to 12 foot of water. I would zigzag on structure. Some are going to be on structure and some not. I would zigzag, and I would also use anything with a uh, look like a shad or got a short true tail on it. I did have a lot of success with a short true tail on my on my bait that looked like a shad. Did have that. Um, the orchid jig from Botwell Bait and Tackle was on fire too. That was another bait that was catching uh, just as many uh, as the um, ATX Old Smoky. And uh, we caught them on minnows too. But our big big fish came off a jig. The orchid shad and the old smoky. I will I will target those creeks. I'm off the Tinsaw. Um, like I said, Mifflin, all the way up to Briar Lake, um, Briar Creek, Mac Reynolds, all those. I will target them, and I will fish an eight to twelve foot of water. And uh, I guarantee they'll find the fish. The fish is hungry right now, and that's why I think that's where I'm gonna be at this weekend. Well, I may I may give it to go myself. I will tell you. I know you mentioned that you was going to launch out there at Live Oak, and I'll, I'll tell you this, and you probably know, but some of our listeners listening may not be aware of it. But they are uh, the county with the water being low. They're finally getting around to doing some boat ramp repairs there at Live Oak. So if you go, just keep in mind. Usually, you got three three ramps, and really, it's kind of six ramps, right? Because you can get to heck, you could probably get three trucks down each each ramp. You know, if everybody knew what uh-huh. they were doing. Uh, but they're down to one ramp right now. So I'll just give everybody that as a heads up this weekend. They're going to be doing some repairs here for the foreseeable future. So if you go to Live Oak, just uh, budget in an extra few minutes worth of time and uh, just just keep that in mind. You're going to be launching probably one or two at a time at the most on that ramp. Appreciate that info, Nick. Absolutely. Well, Dip, if uh, if folks want to get with you, I know I know you do a lot of stuff taking kids out. If, if folks want to learn more about that, where's uh, somewhere they can check you out at? And they can check me out on my uh, my personal page, um, Dip MacMillan, or my um, or the Facebook page for my uh, for my kids, um, Dippy Outdoors. Dippy Outdoors, I, um, my phone number is on there, and you can peel me on there. It don't matter. We will get back with you uh, quick as possible. There we go. Well, guys, definitely, y'all be sure to check out Dippy. He does a great job helping to get kids out in the outdoors. And uh, Dip, as always, brother, I appreciate having you on the podcast. I appreciate you too, Nick. Man, you have a blessed night, my friend. All righty, guys, let's take a quick break and hear from one of this week's sponsors. This week's episode of the Alabama Freshwater Fishing Report has been brought to you by Southeastern Pond Management. Since 1989, Southeastern Pond Management has been a leader in pond and lake management services. If you own a pond or lake anywhere in the southeast, Southeastern Pond Management can evaluate the health of your pond and then work with you individually to put together the right plan to get what you want out of your body of water. Through electrofishing, liming, fertilizing, and stocking and weed control, Southeastern Pond Management is the one-stop shop to help you produce more healthy trophy fish than ever before. Schedule an obligation-free consultation today. Call 1-888-830-POND or email info at southeastpond.com. 
Well, folks, that wraps up this week's Alabama Freshwater Fishing Report. If you've enjoyed this episode, please take a minute to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen. If you'd like for us to email you the podcast, just text FISHING to 314-665-1767. Again, just text the word FISHING to 314-665-1767. Subscribe to our email list and we'll send you the new show each week. This week's Alabama Freshwater Fishing Report has been brought to you by BucksIsland.com. Bucks Island has been in business since 1948 for all of your new and used boat needs, as well as motor sales and service, and now they have a pro-level tackle store. Boat and motor trade-ins are welcome. Visit them online at BucksIsland.com or give them a call at 256-442-2588. And by Hilton's Real-Time Navigator, bringing you the highest quality online satellite fishing charts since 2004. Your source for sea temps, allometry, currents, and watercolor at hiltonsoffshore.com. Also by Mallard Bay. Book your next guided hunting or fishing trip with thoroughly vetted guides or charters. Plan trips, buy gear, go experience. Mallardbay.com. Also by... Dixie Supply and Baker Metalworks manufacture a variety of metal roofing systems to meet your needs. Whether you're putting a new roof on your home or sheeting a commercial building, they have you covered. Dixie Supply and Baker Metalworks, your metal roofing headquarters.